Hello and welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly Doof Network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back this fortnight to talk about Battlestar Galactica, which is a very um like imposing sounding name for something that actually was not that imposing. Like I mean we'll get into it, I guess, but the name Battlestar Galactica is like so high flo- high profile, and I guess the ship was that, but then it's actually just a museum at the start of it. So I found that kind of funny. Anyway, yeah, I mean the yeah the, the premise of of the start of this series is that it's being decommissioned because it's an old piece of sh- trash. It's very shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and well, then, how far how far did you get through it? I watched obviously... the miniseries. I didn't get into any of the series series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I kind of expected that, but um. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the plot of this, uh, thing, shall we? So basically here's the plot. Um, 40 years ago, big, bad robots attacked humans and there was a war. Um, and one of the pivotal ships in this war was called the Battlestar Galactica. It's a battle star, which is just as a side note, but what, what both the humans and the robots call their big ships, which I found funny. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's normal because obviously the humans presumably made the Cylons at some point, but. The fact they just had the same name for their big bad ships was funny to me. Um, anyway. um are the I think the Cylon ones are called base stars. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe that is, they are called that. And I just completely thought that they were saying battle star. Every yeah, time. I mean it, it is a it is a very similar name. At least the Cylon ones are kind of star shaped. The Cylon ones are do look like stars. <laughs> the Battlestar Galactica is just a big uh, long ship. Anyway. Yeah. So, forty years ago, robot versus human war. Um, Specifically, it was a robot uprising. They were like a yes. worker class of AI robots. Yep. So fair enough by the Cylons to be H. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have enough sentience that you can uprise, then you have enough sentience that you should uprise. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, um, depending on how you're being treated, which it sounds like well, they I'm were. Assuming that you're being yes. treated poorly, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. They just then the war, as I understand it, they didn't win the war, right? The Cylons just kind of ditched. That they talk about there being an armistice, but at least in the miniseries, it's like intentionally vague how that came about or what it meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like the Cylons just kind of ditched, which fine, <laughs> honestly, good idea by the Cylons. Why get involved in a war when you can just be like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to go somewhere else. It's a pretty so big galaxy. Do. We're going to fuck yeah. off. Exactly. Now, jump ahead 40 years. There's theoretically this armistice, but no one's seen or heard from the Cylons in 40 years, and and humans have kind of started to forget about them. Um, And because of that, uh, this Battlestar Galactica, one of these pivotal ships that was so important because it was, like, not technologically enabled in any way, um, it has become a museum in the 40 years, and it's actually about to be decommissioned. They're finally shutting it down. When? Yeah, it's sorry. It's in it's in the final stages of becoming a museum. Like they're about to do the opening of it as a museum. Oh right, rather okay. than a ship. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, yes. So uh, they're about to you know turn into a museum. They give a big speech about uh, it's you know etc. It's a museum now etc. When suddenly the Cylons come back, um, and they attack. Um, and turns out they've also been here a little bit because Cylons can also now have robots that look like humans that are like, you know, they're Terminators, basically. They pass for humans. Um, uh, we don't know if dogs can detect them. I'm assuming that's a plot point that comes up during the TV show. Uh, Hugely but, important, yeah. Uh, but yes, they can pass for human and do, uh, as we'll find out later. Um, 
so yeah, the Cylons just come back all of a sudden. They start attacking. They basically immediately wipe out, you know, 99% of humanity, if not more. It's a pretty good sneak attack. Oh, yeah. They really do it all out. Um, the only people that survive are the Battlestar Galactica because they're the only people who still have kind of atechnological ships, um, which means that they are kind of immune to Cylon trickery. Um, so this miniseries is basically the Battlestar Galactica surviving for a bit, trying to gather as many refugees as it can, kind of pussyfooting around whether it should jump back into the war and then eventually deciding, nah, fuck it, we're just going to jump off into space and escape. And then that's it. And they do. Yeah. And so then, uh, as you would imagine, the the lead off to the series is like, I, I you know, what the hell are they going to do now? Yeah, I actually had that question in my head of like, okay, that was pretty good. What is the show now? <laughs> because if they've <laughs> just like jumped into space... I mean, I'm assuming presumably Silence will have to play a part in the show at some point. They haven't just ditched them forever. But um, it's it was interesting to me that the resolution of this was like, yep, we're just going to run away and, and fuck right off. And then like, okay, cool. Well, I think, uh, doesn't Adama give a speech about he knows the secret location of the 13th long lost colony? Uh, uh, yes, yes, but that is immediately proven to be bullshit yes. uh, by the president. Um and okay, so I guess that's like what happens in this show, but really the the setup to the war that happened 40 years ago is in the first five minute text crawl. And mm. then the rest of it is just kind of telling stories of the people that are involved in these first few days of the war. Um, that in terms of overarching plot, there actually isn't that much, which is fine. I actually thought, and I really enjoyed the fact that we're just kind of seeing these human stories of these people at the start of and well at the start and end of i guess um <laughs> the the reemergence of this war um and i found that really entertaining i found that really compelling it is a very compelling uh drama um yeah like i would consider this just a very very long pilot for the show um yeah like it doesn't uh, at least whenever i've watched it it doesn't really feel like something that i would watch this three hours and then be like well cool that that is all yes, i needed definitely. from that <laughs> it, it, it feels like like I, I think i've read somewhere that they weren't sure if they were going to get the show so it's meant to stand on its own and i i can't believe that because i don't necessarily think it does it kind of ends on a cliffhanger i um, think it would stand on its own if it ended like 15 or 20 minutes earlier right like yeah it ends with like yes we're going to go off and we'll survive and then there's like another handful of scenes that are kind of like setting up the rest of the stuff um yeah um, yeah but but yeah, so so to, to to sort of go back to what you said, yeah, it's like I think everything that this show does, I would describe as sort of the tip of the iceberg of what the show is and the core of that, mm. and the reason this show was so successful is the characters and what it's doing and the stories it's telling with them. Um, yeah, I, I think that's um, absolutely the strength. Like Adama is fascinating. Laura Roslin's fascinating. Do you mean old or young Adama? Um. Old. Oh, both. Yeah. I okay. mean, oh, you don't like Young Adama? Okay. He's fine. <laughs> he is. He's fine, isn't he? He's good. I like. I. I actually quite liked all of the characters, I, and even mm. even Young Adama, who is probably the most milk toast and boring character, <laughs> yeah. he, he works quite well in the setting through his relationship to Old Adama and to the super hotshot pilot. I don't remember many of their names. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh yeah, Kara. Kara, that's it. Yeah, um, hotshot. Oh. So, isn't that call sign Starbucks? Yes. Is that, is or Starbucks. Yeah. Is that intentionally like Starbucks? I, I don't know. 
I yeah. I, I have um, I have no idea. I, I actually got this is like a weird thing for me because when I was like ten years old, I went to like a creative writing camp mm. and they told us to to use things in our environment to name characters. So I had a wizard in my story called Starbuck because we drove past the Starbucks. Nice. Well the thing is I lived in the country. I didn't know Starbucks was like a thing. So right. the, the the guy running the camp was making fun of me for like the whole week <laughs> for calling the wizard Starbuck because so he couldn't take it seriously. So this is just I like mean, a fair pet peeve of but mine. But that is harsh. <laughs> yeah, but now yeah. I'll stand by Starbuck being a normal call sign. In this <laughs> it can happen it's normal to anybody. To call things Starbuck, okay? <laughs> it's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Starbuck. That's fun. Uh. Speaking of fun little word things, I finally understand, like. The the frack as a nerd thing, like uh, yep yep the the word frack because I never really like I knew it was from some Star Trek or whatever shit you know right but mm. like I never really got it. Um, I mean I still don't get why people would unironically use it, but you know I think it was funny because this show took it so seriously and it's such a yes. shit like it's such it a blatant... really is it's really really on the nose like very silly <laughs> which i i quite liked yeah like i think that's the thing this show just acts it's like we're not saying fuck we're saying frack so we can go to town on it which is yeah. just kind of like showing how stupid <laughs> the whole thing kind of is yeah it's true i i do like that it's meant to like it's a serious drama right and and very compellingly so but the fact that they use frack because they want to have swear words in their serious drama but couldn't get away with it is just so silly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get what's the word? You get used to it. Like you become immune to noticing how weird it is if you keep yeah. watching the show. Yes, yes, for sure. Um uh let me tell a story about how I started watching this because I think it's <laughs> it's interesting and and brings up an interesting point, which is um so I started watching the miniseries, and uh, I guess I'll just get to the punchline of this, which is that for some reason the the way I was watching it, the place I was watching it through, had labelled uh, the first episode as the second episode and the second episode as the first episode. So I jump into what I thought was the first episode, which is the second episode, and it starts with a ship has just been destroyed and everyone's like really, really dour about it, and the first lines are older Dharma being like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then he's like emotional and he goes, resume jump prep. And everyone's like, mm, mm, yeah. And, th- and then it starts. And I was like, wow, this is like, it's thrown me right in the action. I love it. And it was very, um, I found it very compelling and very much like, wow, we've started like right in the thick of it. I'm so keen. Like, actually, let me read my notes. Okay. This is the note <laughs> I have here. Uh, what a powerful opening. Sorry, I've written swear words in here, but I'm going to replace them in the spirit of the show. <laughs> what a fracking powerful opening this is. Wow. Resume jump prep. Who knows what the frack this means? It's incredibly gripping right from the right from the get-go. We can just tell that something horrible has happened, but nobody mentions what it is, so we're just forced to piece together this horrifying act of warfare that has most likely just taken place, and many people are dead. And so I was watching it, and it took me about 20 minutes to realize that I was meant to know more than I did. And so I double-checked with you, like, hey, is this how this is meant to start? And you were like, no. So I yeah. went back, and I was like, oh, okay, I just watched the wrong episode. So I started on the actual first episode and it just starts with a text crawl, like explaining <laughs> the backstory. And I was like, it, I'll be honest, it brought me in being like a little bit up, upset at the show and how <laughs> I thought it was so cool. But then um, I yeah. went to such lengths to make sure 
that you started with the mini series and not <laughs> made the normal mistake people make, which is to start with the show. This <laughs> is just a confusion that I was not prepared for you to make. Yeah, you didn't adequately prepare. Me. You didn't say. Uh, you didn't say start with the first episode of the mini series. Okay, so that's on you. Um, um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I, I like I, I get that. Like I get how you, you would go from what you think is this really high octane start yes. to a much more mellow one i i think that's truer to the series though the the first mm. one like this isn't i mean the show has action like you know the yes. miniseries has action but yeah. it's not it's not entirely action like it's more it's a lot more mellow and introspective it's it's yeah. kind of a I, I love how pretentious the show is i'm just gonna use that <laughs> word like that, that no that that's feels fine cool. i i kind of i i do get that like one of the main threads that I found really compelling in the miniseries was there's this character whose name is, I'm pretty sure, Elon Musk, who's like this scientific genius and um, was pretty much uh, mostly responsible for accidentally helping the silence <laughs> wipe out the human race um, because he's like, he's a sociopath who is a, a technology eva- evangelist and, and a real Elon Musk type, you know? Um, yeah. His and, name is Ga- Gaius, for those of you who are at home yes. and haven't watched this for a while and are a bit right. confused. He's talking about Gaius. Yeah. Um, and so he's, his kind of arc, or it's not an arc, his just kind of plot throughout this story is him um, realizing that he's doomed the human race and not really caring about that and mostly just trying to, like, not have anyone find that out and, and get into a position of somewhat power within the new society that seems to be emerging amongst the surviving humans. Um, and he's such a piece of shit, but he's so... <laughs> And and all the characters are so compelling in their, like, in the way that this is mostly just a character study of them, um, to yeah. a to a very interesting degree. Um. Yes, I love the way that the um the the version of the Cylon girlfriend Baltar has like from that chip in his head. Mm. Um. How she just kind of calls him out on all of his bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she does very fun. Like she's like, how are you? still focusing on yourself this is amazing yeah. um yeah it, yeah it's it's a great way to sort of analyze him in a particularly yeah um like with a, the imaginary girlfriend way. in your head kind of thing I, I i really liked it um and i liked all the characters i think i found myself really liking the uh president who is the uh, ministry for education who is like 47th in line to take over for the president if all the other 46 people die which they do, and then she becomes the president. And she does a great job. She's great. Um, she's a natural-born president. Um, she, I found her very compelling. I found uh, Starbuck very compelling. Uh, older Dharma, even the shitty uh, executive officer I found quite interesting. Um, uh, they're, they're all great. Colonel Ty, the, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a fascinating character, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, because even he is the closest thing that they're show has to someone that you're kind of just meant to not like right um <laughs> but he has moments of like he's clearly battling alcoholism and and all these things that even though you know that you're you don't like him because he is a kind of a piece of shit he he does things like make compelling difficult but morally i think correct choices and and is battling his alcoholism and and all these characters even the ones that are the most you know, two one dimensional have additional aspects that make them compelling to watch and to to care about. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it, sorry, yeah, it's hard for me. I've I've gone off. I'm like halfway through season two now, and I'm, I'm <laughs> so tr- I, like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm having to work really hard not to just talk about where people end up. 
and, yeah. and only think on on their miniseries versions. <laughs> yeah, you've gone so far. Um, yeah. So uh, now, what else should I talk about? Oh, so I want to touch on this. I feel like I don't know what it is, but both the humans and the Cylons are bad at military strategy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So the the humans less so. The Cylons make some terrible decisions, and maybe there's like technological reasons for this that they don't get into in the miniseries. But things like the fact that the Cylons have built, you know, people that can or like ro- human, you know, passing robots. Um, but they only made twelve different types. <laughs> just as like a, I guess they just didn't have enough like molds at the factory or something that day. Um, so they made twelve different types, which felt like a crazy decision to me. Like I get it from the perspective of like they don't want us to have to think everyone could be a Cylon. They want it to be like there will be people who are Cylons uh, that are kind of revealed over the course of the series, and we already know uh, one person who is the Cylon that hasn't been kind of figured out. That's a fun little uh, dangerous. Manchurian candidate thread to to have dangling, but why would the Cylons only have twelve <laughs> models? That's crazy. Um, I feel like it's. I feel like I'm still spoiling it by saying, "Oh, what an interesting question." Right. Um, okay. So but, there is a reason for that, and not yeah. just it's not just arbitrary because it does <laughs> feel like, and maybe they don't just have twelve models. The reason we find this out is because someone leaves a note to Older Dharma that says they only have twelve models. We don't know who that is, so maybe it's just like. A Cylon fucking with him being like, he'll let me think there are 12 models, but actually there's 300 or whatever. Yeah. But um doesn't feel like that's the truth. It feels like just as a weird decision that the Cylons have made. Yeah, I, like I would say the show's not perfect, but I, like the majority of things where you think that, where it's kind of like, mm. it's a bit weird that they like didn't do X. Like 99% of those there, later on in the reason. series, there'll be some okay. twist where you're kind of like, huh. Okay, that kind of retroactively makes X make sense. Fair enough. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I suppose, like, the, the pilot of the actual show show sort of opens with this idea that the Cylons actually have a plan um, hmm. and that maybe it's not so much of a mistake that certain people survived. Oh, interesting. So, like, that's sort of, that's sort of where the show goes from the start. So there's a lot, like, there's, there's just straight away a lot of, like, what is actually happening here? Yeah, I do find... This is going to sound insane to say, but I actually have find the the idea of the Cylons very compelling because they they seem to have this like transcended human vibe to them, right? And we don't get a lot of that. All we really get is there's this moment where, and this was also crazy. <laughs> okay, there's there's this bit where uh, Gaius, the Elon Musk type, has this guy that he basically hates and wants to get rid of. So he convinces everyone that that guy's a Cylon and he's clearly lying, right? Like he's clearly in his oh, head, yeah. he has talked about how he's lying. And so they maroon this guy and leave him behind. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like really dark. And then it turns out that guy just was a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that was so funny to me. The fact that he just like fluked his way into guessing or lying about making up the one person that he that he disliked was actually a silent. Yeah, that's <laughs> like crazy. that's the best ending because that's also yeah. the same scene where you find out that Boomer is a silent. So it's yeah. just such a crazy way to end the miniseries because it sort of ends like, wait, that guy is a silent. That guy wait, was a Boomer's a silent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Um I really like the idea of trying to guess because I'm assuming there are I think it's likely there are going to be more Cylons in on the Galactica than just Boomer, right? Um because 
they would be crazy not to have that with a premise <laughs> that people can be, you know, ro- on Manchurian candidates, basically. Um, and so I love the idea of kind of trying to figure out who the Cylons are. As I was watching the miniseries, I had my theory that it was uh, the president's aide who just acts weird and said a few things like, oh, you're only human every so often. And I was kind of like, hmm. That's the kind of thing a, a robot would say, like, right? Um, so far, not confirmed, but we'll see. Yeah, so um, you've still got 70 or so episodes that you could watch to find out, yeah. you know, who they are. I think it goes for about 75 episodes, the whole show. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, yeah, I guess I, I was, I, like, the question of what actually is going to, is this story going to be about is something that I actually found myself not caring about by the end because... Mm. Like, I don't really care about the plot of the human surviving. I I mean, I do from a character perspective, but not from an overarching perspective, right? The thing I care about is the specific characters. So I I kind of, it's weird for me to to think about a science fiction show and not have it be in terms of like a kind of episode of the week, like let's go to a new planet and meet some new aliens kind of thing, which is what I think every other science fiction TV show that I've watched kind of is, except maybe The Expanse. Um, but even the expanse yeah. has pretty strong episodic content. Um, I actually, I actually am totally vibing with the idea of this just just being like a character drama in space. Yeah, well, I mean that, and that's effectively what effectively what it is, and that's sort of what most sci-fi TV or space sci-fi TV has tried to become since Battlestar. So like the expanse kind of pulls it off, um, but like, you know other other shows like stargate kind of destroyed themselves trying to trying to replicate the formula um i guess i had put battlestar galactica into the same box as like stargate or uh star trek or whatever where it's like Mm. you know it's gonna be go to a different planet learn a lesson every week you know but that's clearly not what it is and i found that very enjoyable yeah yeah like I, i i thought you'd like this and i hope you watch the show because like the 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 best spoiler free description I can sort of get is the miniseries feels like the tip of the iceberg for where it goes yeah. in terms of characters, in terms of exploring like the Cylons themselves and the, in particular the human Cylons who have mm. like very interesting moral stuff they start to get into there. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm certain that it's not just going to be well, you know, because we find out. Okay, Boomer. We find out it's Boomer, right? Um, and uh i i'm i think it's almost certainly not just going to be you know in episode 13 boomer suddenly turns evil and starts killing people and then they (laughs) kill her and that's the end right like i'm sure there's more of a trying to figure out her own identity aspect that's going to come up in this because that's just the kind of show that this seems like um and i'm excited for all this stuff like uh, yeah i'm excited for uh, here's something actually i saw the um the opening credits sequence and Boomer's friend, who's played by the guy who's the detective in Dollhouse. Halo, yeah. Um, he's is he not dead? <laughs> he like totally dies in the first episode, and then he's just back in the in the opening credits sequence. So maybe no, accidentally he, he stayed behind on Caprica. Right. Um, so he and, yeah. he was basically dead. Not you didn't see him die. I guess. Yeah, it's implied that staying on Caprica is not a good way to stay alive. Yeah, um, but well, obviously he, did. he manages it to some degree. That's good because I like uh, that actor whose name is like Tamo Pinkett or something. Um, I think he's a very good actor, so I'm keen to see him come back. All right, Google it. Google it. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, Tamo Pinkett. Pinkett. Tamo Pinkett. What a cool guy. Um, 
we touched on the idea of of religion and I kind of wish I had more to talk about there, but I feel like it's something that's going to present itself more throughout the rest of the show. Yeah, it's probably a bit light in the miniseries. Well, I I found it interesting that the strongest advocate for religion in this miniseries was um, the sexy silent woman. I I don't know her name. (laughs) I think they just call Um, her number six. Number six, right, Um, who is the Cylon that uh, Elon Musk has, like, had a fling with and who seems to be one of the earliest sleeper agents there helping to, you know, destroy humanity. Um, But she is very religious, seemingly. Uh, And I don't know if that's something that's just exclusive to her or to all the Cylons, but, yeah, that was funny. And I found it very compelling. We have these other moments of... um, Towards the end of the show, we have what is essentially a military funeral for people killed in the resurgence of the war, and it is led by someone that's clearly a, a senior religious figure. Um, yeah, I, it just felt interesting. It felt interesting as a thing to explore the idea of religion in this, you know, futuristic world, which is a theme that I, I, I think doesn't, you know, religion in a future, in a kind of future science fiction setting is almost always like it's this big oppressive thing and it, it just, you know, it's, um, you need to fight against it. It's a very big brother kind of vibe, uh, which I didn't get from this. Maybe it comes out in, in that way later, but it just felt like a, a part of their life that I would find very interesting to explore more in this futuristic setting. Yeah. Like I will say the miniseries and the show both kind of just are unashamedly basically like a, an alt universe version of like, early 21st century american culture mm. um like and i think that that actually works in its favor because it's just kind of so unashamedly relatable to the, the the people it was being made for and by right um, yeah like it just helps the characters be grounded mm. interesting yeah i wonder uh, like i mean i i'm not american so maybe that that's why that that didn't really come across to me um but I wonder whether having the characters be grounded in that way, as opposed to just being compelling characters, which they clearly are, was necessary, you know? Like, um, it doesn't feel like I like Starbucks because, you know, she shares her name with a major American coffee chain, presumably to help ground her character. No, I, I don't know. But, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking more of the, the show, but particularly yeah. like just the way the military is kind of run yeah, exactly true. as a military is run. It feels run very in, US in military, like, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, like, you know, they, they salute and everything. Like it, it's just, they kind of don't, <laughs> don't even try to not just sort of be American. And, yeah. and I, I think that actually just kind of makes it easier because there's not so many hurdles and, and weird yeah, stuff, you're right. apart from frack, like frack. And maybe that's why frack stands out so much, because it's one of the few <laughs> things that's just sci-fi. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it gives it a certain, it does have a certain charm for sure, but it is just very strange. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I don't have that much to say about this show, because you're right, while it is like three hours of, a miniseries which is a solid chunk of time it's just like yeah i've watched it and i'm like yes i really enjoyed that it did feel like a long first episode of a tv show and now i just kind of want to dive in and watch it more yeah i i really hope you do because it's it's on yeah it's so good i've been obviously getting very into it <laughs> yes um i think i will i think i will because i did really enjoy it 
Um, how much did I enjoy it, you ask? Yeah, well, let I me do. tell you. I think I'm going to give Battlestar Galactica an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Okay. I liked it. It was good. Can't wait to watch more of it. Now, what are we do, do, doing next fortnight, Elliot? I'm glad you asked, Ruben, because the answer is um, not another prescription. Um, what? <laughs> it is that time of year, uh, the second half of July. It is time for our annual checkup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is an extra special annual checkup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that? Uh, this will be uh, what we are dubbing the final appointment. Um <gasps> Because uh, Ruben and I have made the decision that uh, we are completely fixed and we've seen everything worth seeing now. Yep. Uh, yep. So it's time to end the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been doing this show for four years now. We've seen a lot of really, really good things. Um, we're cured. And uh, we're cured. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's it. Uh, no, I, the, the, the truth of the matter is we've done this show for a while and we've talked about a lot of really interesting things. Um, and we're excited to do more shows but we feel that this the format of the show is kind of started as the idea for hey let's just get together and talk about stuff every week mm. um and it's worked out pretty well for the past four years but we've decided we probably want to mix it up and do some other cool things yeah it, like we you know we we are sort of running out of ideas um and no, and, and we're just so. <laughs> we're doing so much more than we were when we really started media md we've obviously yep. got pale reflections uh yep. the game club uh you know s- some other things so it's just um, I, I don't think we're getting to give MediaMD as much time as we wanted either. Um, yes. I think the format is starting to feel a little restrictive. Yes. So um, we're going to wrap up the show. You can also, of course, check us out at our other podcasts. And uh, the other show on the Doof Media Network that this show is kind of similar to anyway is called The Doofcast. Um, yes. It's a variety show where uh, other Doof hosts meet every week and talk about a variety of things. And we're going to be uh, taking a more active role in the Doofcast as well to um, to kind of cover the kind of things that we would have been talking about on Media MD, in all honesty. Yeah, oh, and, and, and some other stuff. And other stuff. things too, um, of course. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, the, the Doofcast is going to kind of be uh, changing a little bit itself to grow and encompass more of the network. Uh, and uh, us, you know, ending Media MD is going to be an important part of that as we sort of try to step in and uh you know participate more over there so yeah, um take over that rather than starting our own australian show we're going to subversively take over other shows and make <laughs> them more australian yes so uh if you're you know if you're sad about media md ending uh check out the doofcast it's there's a lot of great backlog there and obviously moving forward uh we will be a part of it a bit more than we have been yep um but there's still one episode of media md left elliot our what what are we calling it? Yes, final the, the final appointment. The final appointment. That's it. So this will be this will be following our annual checkup formula. Uh, we're going to basically go back through every episode we've ever done and quickly talk about you know how it's aged. I suppose. Yeah. So um, if you haven't uh, listened to the show for more than a year, you won't have heard any of our previous uh, annual checkups. Uh, we basically go through all of the things that we've talked about in the past, and if there's new episodes or we didn't finish talking about it a lot in the previous uh, when we last talked about it we'll go through and talk about if we've watched more of the show how our thoughts on it have evolved how we feel about these things going forward um basically just wrap up the past four years of things that we've talked about with a neat little bow yeah exactly so if you didn't finish a show like Battlestar Galactica you yep. probably finished it between them so obviously episodes yeah. or whatever in the next two Ruben, weeks yeah. Ruben will come back with you know 50 more hours under his belt and then yes weeks. it was the president's aid i knew it all along 
Um, yeah, uh, we're talking about all kinds of things. So uh, in, in lieu of uh, watching a, a movie or a TV show in the next fortnight, go back through some of our past episodes, see if there's anything in there that you want to kind of catch up on or, or check up on. And if you have any thoughts on things you'd like to hear us go back to, feel free to shoot us an email uh, at mediamtpodcast at gmail.com. Now, Elliot, we also are going to have to change our Twitter handle. That's not going to make sense anymore, is it? Are you, are you able to? I, I don't know how Twitter works. You yeah, can we'll, change we will. Twitter handles, I think. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah, we will need to do that in about a month, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're obviously, we're on Twitter at MediumD Podcast. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet. Um, yeah. Yep. Also, um, chuck us a review on iTunes. Uh, yeah, why for when not? people find the show after it's done, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you can hear some of the other shows that we are on at the Doof Media Network, uh, which is a patron supported network, meaning that you listeners make all this content happen. So if you want to become one of those you listeners that I just discussed, head on to patreon.com forward slash Doof Media and check out all the uh, cool, awesome perks that you can get for uh, supporting us. Yes, uh, one such perk is at the $1 level, you get to have your vote in what we cover in the Game Club, mm-hmm. which is another show Ruben and I run where we uh you know play a game for a month and then we all meet up and and chat about how it was uh we just did one uh over the weekend which was for ftl uh faster than light light. yep so that was a that was a fun thing and that's on youtube if you want to go check us check out Mm -hmm. us talking about what it was like to play ftl for a month yeah um for the links to all of these things uh, our twitter the patreon the youtube for doof media all that stuff you can find on the doof media website which is doofmedia.com while you're there, you can also find all the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is her, uh, her boomer so okay? Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this Fortnite's clue? Tennis ball. Tennis ball. And we'll see you next fortnight. You know, next fortnight we're actually going to have to reveal the, the answer to the <laughs> ARG. Dr. MD, I know, God. <laughs> <laughs>